0: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex retweet. A Time Down, screaming out loud. A Time Down, the future's right now. Eight Time Down, tearing the place down. A Time Down, Jack Graham would be proud. Hello, I am Ryan <laughs> Obleesh, and <laughs> Welcome. You'll be wondering, you don't host very often, Ryan, but just like my uh, good old project son, Austin Theory, I am here taking things down. And I'm with no other than, to my Austin Theory, my own Vince McMahon. But think of him as <laughs> running the show <laughs> in the background, make sure everything's okay, but think
0: of it as a wee bit creepier. It's Scott McLeod. How are you doing, Scott? Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for that weird comparison, <laughs> uh, Ryan. Now, I, I let you host... Every time I try to give you a wee bit of praise, like when I stop calling you a work experience boy, despite the fact that David Hockney uh, insists on running with that till it runs its steam, which was three weeks ago. And you know, when I try to support you in the draft, you do something to make me hate you again, and you compare from me to Vincent Man at this at this time of year and this part of the country. And you know, you could have called me your Johnny Gargano because I'm showing you the way in the draft, but no, no. Fuck you. <laughs> Still too early yet, Scott. Uh, but yeah, David David did
1: say, uh, or we all said during the, the the actual draft night for this
0: season that I was no longer the work experience boy, so I don't know what year he's in. <laughs> David has this weird habit of taking a joke and making that joke long after the joke has been considered funny anymore. <laughs> that's... He, a, This is the Saturday Draft Live equivalent of The Simpsons, as in it was funny years ago, but somehow it's still going. (laughs) But
1: yes, uh, it's myself, Ryan O'Gloosh, hosting. Um, It's something you don't see very often, something actually rarer than Stephen Wilson going to a Rangers game. But yeah, I'm here, I'm hosting, and and I'm with
0: Scott. And judging by that intro, that weird rendition of whatever whatever Austin Theory song is meant to be, there's a reason you don't host very often, Ryan. Well, if you want more
1: raps like that, Scott, you go over to Syncloud.com forward slash deep crimson for more beats like that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> on with the show, Scott. Um, before I do that, uh, you know our socials, you know what to find us, blah, 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 you hear it every week, okay? I'm sure Stephen will be happy how I said it, but that's how I'm saying it <laughs> this week. Uh, so we'll go with the top three of the week, Scott, and something we might have to see a bit more often now. We're used to complaining that it, it's never been the case, but we actually have champion Seth freaking Rollins in 11 points third place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think in the early seasons of the draft, like, at least the first three seasons, for most of them, Seth was universal champion. So uh, in the early part of the draft, he was like the top male pick like overall in terms of performance. Over the last year in a bit he seems to be the guy that gets big matches but does tend to lose them but he's so charismatic that you just move on to the next thing and it doesn't hurt him but it doesn't really help you if you've got him in the draft if he's losing all these these big matches so actually that's why you know I'm I'm always a bit wary when someone picks Seth Rollins but I think it's worked out for Stephen because he won the first match against Riddle at Clash of the Castle yes he lost went on to lose at, at Extreme Rules but then he's come on to win the US title and Winning via DQ, I believe it was, or retain via DQ against Riddle, and now he's doing a thing with Mustafa Ali, which I'm assuming will go to like crown jewel. So I think now that Seth has some some gold on him again for however long this uh, last, Seth is probably maybe going to get back to what he was before in terms of a uh, terms of value in the draft.
1: Yeah, it's 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 always Seth Rollins. Um he's either amazing or he's like the worst <laughs> round for that pick. <laughs> Usually when that pick, him, mean,
0: he's never great, but
1: that's what yeah, for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are always those people, you know, you pick them, they don't do well, then a few, after a few scenes of other people pick them, you're like, I'll give them another shot, and they do shit again. I've, I've been there. I've been stung by that many times.
1: Always three months too late. That's the, the horrible yeah. trait of this draft. But, um, same old story scott with joint first and second with damage control and 18 points is this something you think is going to just keep steamrolling through this draft
0: i think so especially in weeks where they have you know the title defenses because they definitely defended them last night against shot and raquel now i know they're trying to build the division right now but i don't there aren't that many strong teams right now i mean they've already beaten uh, Raquel and Aliah now killing Shotzi and I think they've defended them against one, at least one other time. I'm I'm am assuming they'll go uh, revisit things with Bliss and Asuka. So I'm assuming maybe they'll have one at least one more defence before the season is out. But you know, I think just them being on, you know, T V regularly with Bailey alone, even if they're not defending the titles will help get them strong points. And the fact that you gotta assume them along with Bailey, maybe one other person will Be a big feature in the women's war game, so yeah. Let's keep, I think this moment is going to keep up right up to the final, right up to the finale of the season. And I think even if they're not champions after it, I still think damage control are going to be high-valued high, high valued picks in the future seasons. Well, even look at this way, Scott:
1: like going my current trend, you'll need one other female wrestler to go with Raquel to challenge them because that seems to be the current trend: just give somebody yeah. at Raquel and they can lose. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It does seem to be the the running thing. Like, like, okay, you didn't work. Okay, you didn't work. Like, is there anybody who can team with me that can actually beat these fuckers? Natalia, you free? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we'll
1: go through the the main league um, structure just now, and then we'll continue with the show, Scott. So, in that get all last place, finally hitting over the hundred points. Sparring on hundred one points. is Andy Mitchell, Matt McMahon's financial advisor. Uh, ninth place, Gary Kernighan, 144 with Team Viscera. Grant McRobbie in 8th, 187, Wat the Finaki. Uh, mm-hmm. The last in the league boy, Dan Actual Jameson, 195 points. boss Jericho in 7th place. Then as you get ourselves, Scott, Ding Dong Cowboy Shirts on 201 points. Then you got the top half of the table, the fallen giant, Jack Graham, on three-time three kings of drafting on 208 points. Sorry, joint was Jack Graham. Uh, joint in 4th, the Rock Miss Ross McLeod also on 208 points. With a full-bodied Bordeaux, and then we've got Stephen Wilson third place, the Boston Wankers on two hundred twenty-four, and then what's now suddenly a massive gap between myself and the other Ryan, two hundred thirty-seven points for Ryan Northmen, and then Conrad's all, and then two hundred thirty-nine for myself, the Ryan Redeemers. Um, yeah, that I mean, gap was not there last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot can change in a week. I mean, we must talk about you know the fact that. He was in third place last week. Now he's moved down a couple of places further. Jack is, you know, you know he's going down, down. It's, it's, Rangers, al- it's down. Rangers
1: after the winter break, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's falling faster than Mufasa into a herd of wildebeests. <laughs> hands a star. <laughs> I mean, looking at the current table, I would like to make a bold prediction now, and I think someone called Ryan will win this season. That is all. I hopefully but, I'm inclined to, to to agree with you. Well, I mean, we
1: we'll see we we'll get a few paper per views and a long while to the the season waits um, finishes. But um, things uh, looking you good got, here in Ryan Castle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at it, I think Bobby Lashley uh, losing has a big thing to do with that. Also losing to Seth Rollins after the attack with with Brock Lesnar, and now he's got that thing set up at a a crown jewel match with Lesnar. Uh, but, you know, a successful Gunther defence over Rey Mysterio could help bring him back up. So, as much as Jogan, we like to jog and we're, we're t- taking great enjoyment, and the fact that we've got a couple of weeks where, where Jack isn't in the isn't in the top of the table, you know, we can't rule him out yet because he might kind of pop back up at the end of the season to just ruin it for everyone. But I think what's keeping the two Ryans at the top is because we, we've got the two top picks of the. I've been the top three like the last few weeks, or well, for ages now, and that's like EO and Dakota. So, as long as I just mentioned now that Dakota and EO's momentum keeps going, I think you and Ryan Gallagher will, will stay on top.
1: You can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but having a season where there's two juggernauts is really weird because I an they're a tag team, obviously, but like usually you just have one standard star that carries you at the top in these weird juggernaut seasons, but there's two here, <laughs> that makes it really awkward.
0: Well, yeah, but then I think it makes it more interesting with this situation because usually you have two, sometimes you have two juggernauts, but usually it's two people who are saying their own separate thing. But you've still got two juggernauts that happen to be a team together that you've chosen to take as individuals. So it's weird, like, especially you and Ryan need to rely on the rest of your team who aren't juggernauts because in case of like, if you do well with EO, then he'll do well with Dakota. So you need to rely on like your Austin Thieves, your Sami Zanes on your team. You know, while I was seeing the other side, Ryan's also, Gallagher's also doing well because he's got picks like the Acclaimed, who had a successful AEW tie team tail defence last night.
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely a battle of um, the best of the rest with with the the team. Um, Thankfully, I've got people like Sammy Zane carrying my team a lot. Uh, I've also got a zero pointer, so.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like I, I I might need to go back into the far reaches because we've been doing I think since 14 seasons we've been doing this now. I need you to look far far back, if history through the draft. But I don't believe anybody's ever had a winning team that had somebody on zero points before. Because more than not having that one player on zero, we always say well that's always a factor because you know if other people aren't doing well, and then you have got that person who maybe they could have had points if they were here. So I don't think anyone's ever actually won the season with a zero pointer before, but. I'm still, I'm still not unconvinced that they could pop up at some point.
1: No, no transfer season either. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think I'm not sure. Like it's been very quiet and weird. If they'll come back or not, so I'm not banking on it. For hey, no. hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: don't mean that at all. But anyway, uh, but talking but, of so, we got, got to think though. As you mentioned, I think the guys mentioned it last week that extreme rules was a big factor in Jack's downfall. You got to think because. Gunther did lose it, it was a non-tail situation but Gunther did lose on that and also Edge lost on that show as well So and He's off He's off. <laughs> uh, yeah he's off, he's buggered off to be Aries in a Percy Jackson miniseries um, so, and he's got one pick who could have their downfall potentially at Halloween Havoc tonight as we're going to talk about later on so you know Extreme Rules got a lot of praise from from, from fans except for Jack Graham because it fucked his draft <laughs> A mixed one
1: when he caught up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um unfortunately for yourself, Scott, you're not an host and chair, so you will have to go through the next segment with myself. However, I will take away some of the uh burden of doing this this other league, and I'm gonna to refer to it now as a David Campbell league. So if you can <laughs> rot off the top five for me, that'd be greatly
0: appreciated. All righty then, if I must, if I must, it's my it's my burden. Uh, we have Martin Best I think a new person in the top 5 of the listeners league and 209 points with Progress Travel uh, we have Craig Forsyth with who knows at this point well Craig you're not quite at the top yet so that's why I know 218.5 points just half point ahead of him with last minute picks Is Jordy Adam with, with 219 and a bit of a jump 239 points Save Pussy with Conrad by Stuart Sure, so no, no second name. He's like McLovin or Cher. He just has one name. And I know <laughs> Dave would always laugh at that name. Oh, we'll say pussy, like, because Dave is an immature person. But then a big, bigger jump, 253 points. A man, talking about juggernauts. But this man makes Vinnie Jones' portrayal as a juggernaut look like shit because he's the true juggernaut of the Listener's League. He is David Campbell. He's on 253 points. He's running roughshod on all these boys. He's like when Neville was i champ just walking in and battering everybody.
1: <laughs> um, You'll be glad you finally r- ratted it off, Scott, but I will have to address one thing that was said this morning. You're not in the listeners League chat much to your, that will benefit your mental health. But um, Yeah, I'm, I, mean, did, I mean, I'm in,
0: part, I mean I'm, I'm in a lot of Juerg chats with people I'm good friends with that I still don't want to be in, so why the <laughs> fuck would I be in the listeners' League chat?
1: Very good point. I have to remember my origins. But David's been a very naughty boy and offering uh, sure, who's in second place, uh, some form of deal to get him to drop out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is the most goat thing I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's been to tampering quote, again, has he?
1: Too quote, he's too close for my liking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> too close? He's... It's like 14 it like, points
1: or something,
0: isn't it? I have about 14, 15 points behind you. Like, how is that too close? I mean, you you saying that to Ryan Gallagher because he's like, what, two points behind you Then you're too close for my liking. But <laughs> not 15 points. <laughs> it's like you at this point saying to Ross, oh, you're too close to me when he's on 208 points.
1: Um, but I will also address Scott, because obviously we're talking about Leicester's league um, as we're a lot of you are kind of aware. Myself and David Campbell are in the race for the first person to win both the main league and the Western League. And it's looking like David will, but I might as well. So, there might not be a first. But I will <laughs> yeah, say, I will say, um, I'll do, if I do do it this season, it'll be in fewer seasons than David did it. So, <laughs> that makes me the champ. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you, but you did it the right way. You, you know, went <laughs> You went from the dregs, the minor leagues, the developmental, to to the main roster, and then won it. And um, you know, I think it depends. You know, who you guys have on your team. If you have somebody in your team that you need to get a win in order to, you know, win the league, and he has somebody on his team he needs to win, but they're in separate matches. I I would technically say whoever is up first and gets that win first is, you know, technically got it first. Like if you've got EOS Sky like the women's war games and that. Uh, and that's up like first in the card at Survivor Series. And he's got, let me remind myself of his team. Who's he got? I'm not seeing the team's, The David Steamer. Who's David got? Do you remember? Uh,
1: just like a little check for
0: you. fucking mess. But he's, got, but he, but see, he's also got like <laughs> Seth Rollins with a US title match at Survivor Series. Seth's on later in the card. If damage control wins at the start of the show, but Seth Rollins is the first couple of matches in. And even if Severons wins it's secures David Campbell a Listeners League win, you've your team's already got the points they need to win. So you've technically beaten by like half an hour. So you've technically done it first if you get one, I mean. Yeah, um it was a convoluted way to get there, but my point was depending on place order of the card and whoever cause it's always going to the finale, you need to you always need that one person to get that one last win, those one last few points to, to secure your your place. I'm saying depending on card placement, there's a chance that'll determine who did it technically first.
1: Ah right, okay. Well that's that's scary. Yes. Uh but yeah, that's uh, the Listeners League. Uh Scott, anything else you wanna to add to the show before we continue on to Halloween Halloween Havoc?
0: Not really, no. no. I've talked about Listeners League long enough. Yeah,
1: that's that's what you get for all the i track check. Uh anyone
0: draft Imperium this this season? Uh, no, no, we've only we've only got Gunther drafted, uh, but no Ludwig. And I don't think anybody really cared when Giovanni was still on eighty two 2.0, And I don't think anyone uh, could have anticipated that he'd uh, come hold up. On, to hold it. on, hold so,
1: on. I'm on the Halloween Havoc tab from last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was. I was wondering, like, it's something to be announced, but and can you appear, making an appearance because I know there was a bunch of people from the main roster popping up on. Uh, On NXT this past week, I know uh, Rhea Ripley was there. That would be some extra points for Stephen Wilson because Rhea Ripley was was there.
1: Right. So, Scott, we'll try again. (laughs) again, No one's one's drafted Apollo Crews or Grayson Waller. So, we'll go past that. Uh, Anyone
0: drafted the Creed brothers? Uh, Someone has drafted the Creed brothers. That would be Stephen. But, given this is uh, Julius Creed, I believe, uh, wrestling David Kemp in an ambulance match uh, nobody other than thought to pick them as a single star so only appearance points for for David on this occasion. Um, then we go on. Uh,
1: there's Roxanne Perez, Cora Cora Jade. I've got Cora Jade. Has anyone got Roxanne? Uh, that would
0: be that would be between you and Grammy Robbie. Grammy Robbie has Roxanne Perez. His only WWE related pick in the draft, <laughs> and she's currently on eight points. The only person lower than her is Malachi Black, who buggered off really early <laughs> on in the season. I Mean for his own reasons, you know, but you know, it doesn't do anything for for Grant's benefit. Yeah, um
1: I'm confident it goes in my favour, uh personally. But but this shoot you can never really tell, so um I'm not worried about it if should does lose to bonds. It's not the worst amount of points I lose, but I'll take it if she wins. Um Mandy Rose is on I wanna say Jack. it, t- Jack's team? Jack's,
0: Jack's team. Jack's got uh Mandy Rose Nobody's got Alifer. I did have her in the past when I thought she would win the title, but she didn't. So you know, again, that's what we were talking about earlier on. You get them, they don't do well. But then I really believe there's a chance that uh, Alifer could win the title because Mandy Rose might have some time off because stories are she's said some stuff personally, so she might want to take some time off. uh I think she should be on the main roster anyway. So again, like Jacks already went into the midpoint of the table, have to be dominant for so long. So if Andy Rose loses this is technically pay per view title losses, so that'd be a further kick in the balls <laughs> to to his team. I think we'd make Alba Fire suddenly a very valuable pick. There's quite a few picks that are a lot of high scoring but aren't drafted this season. It looks like to me.
1: Yeah, as you said, Scott, like um, about how uh, they never work out when you pick them. It's like people think this draft is fun. It's just a curse. Yeah. just chasing last season's former glory it's all you do every three months
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much but like uh, I look at like people right, the only other top XT pick I think from uh, the Halloween Havoc that is bloody Brom Breaker that's on Ross's team because mm-hmm. uh, it's weird I, I think this is a season that nobody really thought about picking that many T picks but other than like say Ross and uh, like Jackie also picked like Katana and Chance the uh, like Carter and Chance story You know, there's been some really odd NXT picks, like when Andy Mitchell picking the D'Angelo family for <laughs> whatever reason and Janet Jameson picking uh the Kia Lions and I picked Zoe Stark who's not really done the best for me. So I think, you know, people need to really reevaluate really their NXT picks going into the next season, especially now that they're you know white and gold and not like the big rainbow colour. NXT.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be important for next season because we've now got a bit more clarity about what changes have been made. Mm-hmm. We know who's going be on television, we know who's picking up the points here and there. We'll have more information. That's probably one of the reasons why we didn't yeah, last season, it, this season. Um,
0: but like, I think a few seasons back, uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but Ryan Gallagher, I think it was, picked pretty deadly when they were still, like, an NXT UK like when we were still doing that. And yet, weirdly enough, I think they'd be one of the top-scoring tag teams if you picked them this season, because, you know, they're the current NXT tag team champions. And they've got probably an easy title defence coming up at Halloween Havoc as well. Uh, so I never thought I'd see the day where pretty deadly amongst the NXT picks, were pretty deadlier off on the top end of, you know, priorities of which
1: teams you should get. Yeah, that would be really interesting when that does go down. But, um... I'll take you to the. Has anyone got anyone from the 5 wheel ladder match? I'm assuming not, right? Um,
0: and nobody's got Carmelo Hayes.
1: Oh no, Stephen pro- does. Stephen does. Nice has
0: got Carmelo. Man. I don't. Although I don't think he's actually going to win though, because if they, like, I don't, I don't think they would have done the whole switch of like him losing to Solo, then Solo to Vacate it, only for Carmelo win it. But I think. Somebody else is gonna win this. And then that would be another the undrafted person getting very high IO picks and everyone's like, Why the fuck could I not predict six weeks into the future that so and so would get a push? <laughs> uh
1: so those points not for Steven.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't believe that was winning. Uh, I don't think Camelo's got long in NXT at this point, but yeah. There's a very few people gonna be very valuable next season, like I think. Whoever wins the ladder match, who are pretty deadly, I think Orange Cassidy from AEW is going to be variable next week because next season, sorry, because you know now he's defending that bloody All Atlantic belt because Orange Cassidy is one of the most overlooked people in this whole draft.
1: I have noticed that. I definitely have noticed <laughs> that. But again, when I've picked him,
0: he's been gash. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, but you know, there's one person who could show up. Halloween Havoc that could be very valuable to you, Ryan, and could help you extend your your lead to against Van Gallagher with uh, Austin Theory, the man who's almost flaw- you almost flawlessly uh, you know did a rendition of his music at the start there. Austin Theory, he's in that he was going to cash in the NXT Championship during or at the end of the NXT Championship Triple Threat at Halloween Havoc in the main event. And, you know, I wouldn't be against him winning the NXT title, maybe going back to form between NXT and Raw with the NXT title. It would make him a very valuable pick. And, you know, he never really got to do much on his own in NXT. You know, he was just a lackey kind of in the way. And then he got called up and was suddenly Vince's guy. So I think we'd like to see him as NXT, Jack, because your only choices now are he cashes in on Roman and fails or he goes after the NXT title because, you know, Roman isn't dropping those belts anytime soon, and so he's clearly not the guy they want to get them off on. So, you know, it's one of your only other options at this point.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like outside the draft, it makes the most sense. Like no one cashes out an continental Champion. It's just not something that happens. I think having it cashed in an NXT gives NXT exposure as well. So it makes sense and that. And I, I'll confess, so it makes me sound like a ass, right? But <laughs> Monday night, so the night, the night. Oh, sorry. Tuesday afternoon before the show of NXT, I messaged my good, my good old friend Jack Graham and went, I bet you Austin Teeley cashes in on Braun Breaker this weekend. And Jack's like, oh, that's mad. How would you see that coming? And then I messaged him the
0: following day, have you seen NXT yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk so, about, about people who might be ready for the main roster. I think Braun Breaker's been a main roster-looking guy for ages. And so like he's beaten pretty much everybody. And you can kind of protect him uh, triple threat plus, you know, how many of the bank cash in. It'll even have like somebody else in there. Like, I have Dragon off on the tail on the triple threat. that he gets cashed in on, which means Baker can bugger off to the main roster, and then they have got a fresh feud and NXT for the tail between Dragon off in theory. Yeah, um, JD's not winning. Yeah, JD's not winning. Name as now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, rightfully so. Something that occurred to me the other day, although someone else said it, but I kept on mind. "Oh, that makes sense." Everybody was annoyed when I went from Jordan Dell into JD McDonough, but like, think about it. What do you think the JD stands for? Hmm? <laughs> you know, just letters. You know, JD and Strugskos wasn't just called JD; it stood for something. Your
1: your name's not Irish enough, son. <laughs> 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 we we'll
0: need to
1: we we'll need to spice it up a little. Um. But no, I'm I'm very looking forward to tonight and I think I have a massive advantage if, if I do have an NXT champion in my pick one, considering the amount of shit I got for
0: picking him round one of the end of the season. I'd love it.
1: He's only scored 21 points, so I could really do with that. I'd be really appreciated. Um, I mean,
0: <clears throat> I don't know. I can't remember if I gave you as much shit as Dave did, but I probably did give you some shit. David Carmel but... definitely did. Uh, <laughs> and I'll but... remember. <laughs> well, 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 my point was, I think, you know, we, go, we always got to think of the context of the time of when people could pick these, because this was after Vinted left, and Thierry was getting battered on an almost weekly basis by Roman, by Drew, by Brock Lesnar, so he was at very much his lowest point when you picked him.
1: Right. Well, to fair, there was a lot of change, I didn't know what was going to happen with him yet, so that's my defence.
0: Yeah, um, you, you stick to that.
1: Is there anything else we want to cover before we go, Scott?
0: Call it a day. Yeah, may as well. Yeah, you not know, I overstay, we're welcome. I, um, I want to go have a drink later, so so don't <laughs> let's not hold it up.
1: Um, but yeah, this is this is it for this week. I'm your, I've been your host, Ryan O'Gleish. Thank you, Scott, for joining me.
0: Thank you very much, and Ryan. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention. I mean, you can probably tell by the the number you can see on the title list, but next week is episode one hundred and fifty of Saturday Draft Live, yes we've been here for 150 episodes each and every week because we won't piss off no matter how many times people tell us to so hopefully it'll be one of those special editions we're going to have as many SDL hosts as are already available scheduling wise to be here and talk about the, what's going on in the draft, talk about drafting memories and talk about why we're so great compared to every other show on the SSR you know, typical stuff
1: well, no other show celebrates anniversary that we do, Scott. This is this is, this is the a show. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, recorded on a Saturday. Saturday's the day. The Aye. day track is done. So,
0: I give, every, I give up every. I give up my lions every <laughs> third Saturday nowadays to get up and record this for you. You know, and then other Saturdays I crawl out my bed maybe at eleven thirty to put the hard work in to edit this podcast for you. I mean, who else would go through that much effort?
1: Yeah, just like Vince here, Scott. Um, doesn't matter how hard you work. Scott McLeod works harder. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, to confirm, I will be there. That's the most important thing. I'll be there. We will be there. We'll, will be, there. we'll all be there. And yeah, we hope you enjoy, uh, enjoyed the show. And we'll see you next week. And see you later.